Ja, ja! Daar is Klaassen, goal! Hello and welcome to podcast 66 from Football Adania, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham and as usual, I'm with Mike Bell, the Football Adania founder and editor, to discuss loads to do with the Eredivisie. We're really looking forward to talking about um, Vitesse, Herenveen, AZ, Willem II, um, Ajax, but also, first of all, the Euro 2020 draw reaction for the Netherlands with Austria, Ukraine and a playoff winner waiting in anticipation for the Netherlands. So, if you're new, don't forget to subscribe to Football Adania on our platforms. You can listen to us on either YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes or Football Nation Radio. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Mike, as usual, a very busy week in the world of Dutch football. But the biggest news is the Netherlands' Euro 2020 draw. So they've got um, Austria, Ukraine and then either a playoff winner which could be Georgia, North Macedonia, Kosovo, Belarus, or Romania if they win their playoff route. Are you not feeling optimistic about this? Um, maybe as optimistic as I am, because without getting ahead of myself, I think it's almost as simple as it could have been for the Netherlands. Definitely. I think if you look at the draws that the Netherlands have had in recent European Championships, if you go back towards 2008 and 2012, they were both involved in you know, groups of death and... Yeah, I don't think Ronald Koeman could have picked an easier draw. I mean, to get Ukraine from the top pot when you could have had some of the biggest nations is is great. And then, you know, they could have got Portugal, who obviously lost in the Nations League final recently and a bit of a bogey team in the, for the Netherlands. Um, and we avoided them. And I think whoever comes through that playoff, I think Kosovo is probably the best one. But then it could be Romania. I'll take, take either of those. Um, yeah, all three games in Amsterdam, you couldn't be happier. I think this is a great chance for Netherlands to get out of this group and progress even further in the tournament. You know, Netherlands, before the draw, people are talking about being one of their favourites and after the draw, that's not going to change because these are on paper three games that Netherlands should be winning. Um, you know, Ukraine are doing well under Shevchenko and you know, Austria, I don't think they're as good as they were a few years ago. I think they were an up-and-coming nation, but they've sort of slid down. The rankings, um, yeah, I think that they'll all set up defensively against the Netherlands, but then it's just up to to come in to find a way to get through their defences. And I think that with attacking talents that are coming through in the Netherlands, that shouldn't be a problem. And yeah, I'm very happy with this draw. Obviously, what really helps as well is playing those three group games at home. Um, that home advantage is going to be is going to be massive, and it will help against those smaller teams if they're going to play defensive they can really try and um break down with that home crowd to help yeah the people have sent in their opinions uh we had someone say you know this, this is this is the easiest draw for holland since the 1994 world cup when they had belgium um and morocco in their group so yeah they're, they're happy about it uh, william said that it's nice to see an easy group for once because 2008 and 2012 were brutal um if you actually look at the opponents you've got Austria, who have lost to Israel and Latvia in their qualifying campaign. And Ukraine as well, the toughest team that Netherlands have to face in this group. Yes, they did beat Portugal um, in qualifying, but they look like they've really struggled for goals. They have got the likes of Zinchenko, Yarmolenko in their team, but yeah, they're, they're not going to um, put the Netherlands under heavy pressure. I think that, you know, all these teams are going to be playing are going to be teams that will sit back and try and be plucky getting that goal. And it's up to the Netherlands to be better than them. 
And if they are, then they'll, they'll sail for this group with three wins. And something else, Mike, that I noticed was um, this is looking ahead of, you know, at conclusions that may or may not happen. But if the Netherlands win their group, they will play a, a third place team from one of the other groups. Um, there's like three different groups, I think, from D, E and F. But either way, playing a third place team and then after that, they might play a runner up from one of the other groups. This, this could be a lot worse. This could be, we could be talking about the Netherlands being drawn in a group of death here with Portugal, France, Germany, which is what's happened um, elsewhere. So there's really nice runs so far up to the last eight. Yeah, I mean, it's a dream draw. And on paper, Netherlands should easily, not easily, but they should win this group. And then you're looking at, as you say, a third place team, which you should get through that. And then... From that point, you know, you're in the quarterfinals. Anything can happen from there. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, the draws just made me even more excited for next summer because it could be, could be great. And I think that, as I said before, you know, Netherlands are going into this tournament as one of the favorites on paper. Um, and it's, if that group of death that, you know, contains France, Germany and Portugal, you know, that's going to take out at least, possibly take out one of the big nations. And um, yeah, it's, Everything just looks very, very good right now. Including the Netherlands' win over Estonia, which um, unfortunately I couldn't catch. But, but Mike, we haven't spoken since they, they put some goals past Estonia. What, what did you make of that performance? And what did you make of the new players, the Stengs, Boadu, that we've been crying out for so much? How did they play? I thought both did really well. Um, Boadu came off the bench, Stengs started. Stengs, I think, looked a bit nervous at the start. But... You know, he got a couple of assists. That's what you want from him. Um, a couple of the balls that he was playing through were, were excellent. He looks like a creative spark on the wing. Um, and he looks a good good option. But Boadu was just a bundle of energy after he came off the bench. And yeah, I was really impressed by him. And he took his goal really well. I think both of them showed that they're capable of playing at this level. And again, it's just more question marks for Ronald Koeman. How does he fit all these young talents into a squad for next summer? Because, you know, Bergwijn and, and Marlon were out injured and if they come back and they start playing well then you've got the likes of Dilro's son for Herford Bowen who's doing well Clybert started scoring goals for Roma I mean I wouldn't like to be wrong I'll come and try and pick a squad from this this group of players as well and then you've got somebody like Noah Lang who given his first air division start by Ajax scores a hat-trick and then if he starts getting more game time and, and shows this kind of form then he comes into the equation as well and then you've got I had in at PSV yeah, there's a lot to be excited about um, in the Netherlands right now, and the performance over Estonia was was good. It wasn't excellent at all times. I think the first half they were a bit sloppy. They added the goals in the second half to, to really cap it off. And yes, yeah, second in the group, can ask more. Can ask for a better draw. Just a very good qualifying campaign. Netherlands are back at a major tournament, and yes, yeah, it's very exciting for next summer. Mentioned no land there. Let's uh, shift our attentions to Dutch club news, and today. Ajax beat Twente 5-2. And uh, Ajax have, have quite a few players in the Dutch national team. Quite a lot of interest goes into Ajax and how they do. So let's talk a little bit more about some of their Dutch players that were playing today. They went 2-0 down. Um, I thought personally that uh, Joel Veltman did, uh, committed some really poor defending crimes um, in that first half in particular. There was so much space for Twente to exploit. But yeah, Noah Lang scored a hat-trick and is another person now we can add to the list of attacking players who want to be in that squad. 
for the Netherlands for Euro 2020. If not, maybe this summer, then okay, maybe he's there in future. Uh, and then at, towards the end of the game, I just thought that Ajax were letting it slip again. And really, 5-2 was uh, an unfair reflection on the game. And Twente were in it. In the first half, they ran ragged. And those last 10, 15 minutes, again, you were seeing the weaknesses of Ajax um, come to life again. What did you think of the performance, Mike? Yeah, I thought defensively Ajax was very poor. I think Mizrahi had a very bad game. He had a bad game against Lille in midweek in midfield and had to be substituted at half-time. Um, he was poor at right-back again. And as you say, Veltman was also caught out for the two two goals that 20 scored. But you know, it's great resilience, I guess. It's the makings of a great team that you don't play very well, but you, you get results. And for me, Noah Lang did really well. He not only scored the goals, I mean, there are three finishes from pretty close range. The last one was um, an absolute disaster for the 20 defence. But he was also creating a lot of chances as well. He looked very lively on the wing. So he looks like a, a big talent. But for me, the game really changed when when he brought Huntelaar on for uh, Promise, who went off injured. I think that Huntelaar just adds something extra to this Ajax attack, and he's just a lethal finisher, something that you can't really say Dusan Tadic has been so far this season. Dusan Tadic missed a couple of chances in the first half, he had a one-on-one with, with Dromo when the, the keeper made a save. Um, I think that Ten Hag made the right choice bringing him on for promise. And, you know, at 36 years old, Huntelaar is still banging in the goals. Uh, I think he forgot how old he was when he tried to do an overhead kick in the first half that went hopelessly wide. But, you know, that's, that's the old Huntelaar trademark. Um, you know, 20, I think, were unlucky. But, yeah, this Ajax team going forward, they can steamroll. Teams and I said at halftime that when Ajax were down, I can't see Ajax not scoring at least one more, and that's how it turned out. Um, I think Ten Hag definitely has some defensive issues because I think against Wheel in midweek, you know, Veltman and, and Blind were out and they looked good with Martinez in the centre of defence, and I think Scurs had a good game as well. And when you bring Joel Veltman back and you put Mizrawi back at right back, if he's a playing like that, then maybe Ten Hag has to consider possibly dropping Mizrahi for Dest and who knows Veltman could drop out because Martinez could easily slot alongside Blind or even start playing Perskers. I thought that Twente started the game really well and a lot of credit has to go to them as well. I was really impressed with how their front three made the most of that space that Ajax left. Um, Nakamura's coming on is, is, a, is a good attacking talent. I think he's still got a lot to learn. Um, but yeah, no, from an, from an Ajax point of view, I think that they started the game really sloppily, which is what Ajax are very much capable of doing sometimes. And a question we have was from Abdul, do you think the area of Izzy's already decided for Ajax? Yes, it is. But those opening minutes for Ajax show where, they, where it could go wrong for them, where their sloppiness and openness in defence can let teams in. Against those bigger teams, they do tend to be more conservative which is why they get results against the PSVs and the RZs as well. Yeah, um, go back to the question. I think that the title is basically wrapped up. I mean, they're nine points ahead of AZ who play later on. And I can see, I can see AZ winning constantly throughout the season. I think they'll slip up in a few games. They might already have done this season. And you know, PSV are hopeless and they're too far behind now to even mount a challenge. So I think Ajax will eventually win the title and I think it'll be by a big margin as well I think there'll be a big points gap at the end of the campaign but yeah I think that you know it's hard for 
Yeah, something like Ten Hag to, to motivate his players when they come off such a great result in Lille and then they go to 20, maybe there's just a bit of... Um, not cockiness, but I think they probably turned up today thinking that if they play well, they're definitely going to win this game. Um, and 20 gave them a bit of a scare earlier on, but then you see the Ajax turn around and then on paper it looks like an easy, comfortable victory. It's 5-2. And you go, wow, Ajax obviously hammered them. Um, but yeah, I think defensively is the only really area that Ten Hag has to look at because I think that in attack he has so many options and in midfield is pretty much sealed with, you know, the Van de Beek's and and ZX um, defensively has some issues, especially at right back. And as I said earlier on, you know, Veltman, he's done well at times this season. He's done poor at times this season. He's just one of these players that has an off day now and again. And I don't think he's going to be a long-term fixture for Ajax. So why not give somebody like Scurs or even Alvarez, who was meant to be the big summer signing that they made. They were very keen on bringing him in as the, the licked replacement. But he's really had a, a look in and not even in his normal position. He's, he's a centre-back by trade when he was in Mexico, but he seems to be playing in midfield or not at all. So I don't really understand why he's not getting any game time. So maybe Ten Hag just needs to consider changing his options against the likes of 20 and that and maybe stick with his preferred 11 in the Champions League. I think Eric Ten Hag has his reasons to not play Alvarez. Um as to why exactly it's hard harder for us to see but I, I would trust Ten Hag actually with that kind of decision I think when you look at Ten Hag's growing reputation um, so, some decisions some team selections may look difficult to what was to why they've happened on the surface but yeah I think he has his reasons with you know with Ten Hag he's done it in the past with players by leaving them out for for, for a prolonged period of the time brings them back in and they they do excellently uh, there's a reason why I think Ten Hag's linked with, with the Arsenal job, for example. But back to the point um, which I would like to criticise Ten Hag on is why Ajax are so vulnerable at times. We, they have a second-best defence in the league, but it's not the strongest and they do give chances away and they can be quite haphazard at times. Do you not think it's because they, they attack too much? <laughs> it's as simple as that. Do you think they just have an over-reliance on attack to try and score goals and therefore leave far too much space in behind, which makes defenders have these tricky one-on-one -on -one situations or let's say if a player misplaced a pass and there is loads of space in attacking the field um, to create chances. Yeah, I mean, you saw it twice today. Mizrahi was caught out of position because um, he bombs forward at every opportunity and leads gaps at the back. And, you know, 20 exposed it today um, and it's something that they need to work on when they come against bigger sides and the... Champions League because if you have one criticism of Ajax the last season it was maybe they were a bit too gun hole and you saw that what happened against Tottenham um, which I don't like to bring up because it still makes me mad but um, yeah it was just a bit of naivety in the, the defence at times and that's probably just it's just something you have to get used to with this Ajax side you saw it against Chelsea when they had nine men you still bomb forward and try and score it's just this is what Ajax do and you know, in some way, I'd like to say that they should shut up shop at times, but then I don't want to see that because I love seeing this Ajax side just bombing forward at every single opportunity because it's great to watch. And they got away with it today because you know they can score goals, and that's just a, a trait of this, this team. Is You can score twice against them, but they'll score five or they'll score four, and it makes for good watching as a neutral anyway.
Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, that's why I think Ajax have this Ajax way, and when it when it works, it can work really well. The Eredivisie table um, has has been springing a few surprises recently. One of Ajax's well, their, their next opponent is um, Willem Twee. Uh, and that's actually a more difficult game than uh, one glance at the table would, well, one glance at the fixture list would suggest because the table says Villain Tway are fourth. Um, this is before we left to play. We've, we're recording in between a match weekend. But yes, you've got Villain Tway, Heracles, and Hill and Vane all sitting in the top six. And it's just um, refreshing, isn't it? Uh, my first question to you, Mike, about, about this is. Why are we seeing these teams sitting in the top top six, top seven, and you've got Utrecht, Vitesse, Feyenoord, and even Groningen as well below them? At this stage of the season, we're almost halfway through the campaign. Some very different teams are sitting in the top six. Yeah, it's um, great to see these teams like Valentway doing so well, and it's because they recruited well. And it's I think Chain Annerley was a was a great signing for them, and he's doing really well. Um, even though they lost France, I think they, they're doing a lot better under Edgar Costa than many would have predicted when he was appointed uh, the manager. But it, there's two ways of looking at it. You say that the likes of Willem Tway and Heracles are getting better, or the likes of Feyenoord and Vitesse getting worse. You know, Vitesse are on a five-game losing streak. Um, Slutsky obviously resigned after the loss at Herenveen um, on Friday. They're it's a team that's in a rut, fine order in a rut. We've seen that so far this season. They're three games unbeaten in the league against Advocat, but you know they're they're not a team that's better than they were last season. Um, I think that after you look at Ajax, AZ, and PSV, um, even though PSV are struggling, they're still probably in the top three sides in the league. And after that, you've just got a bundle of teams that are very similar to each other and they're the same level of quality and I think that the battle for a European playoff spot this season is going to go right down to the wire because there is basically seven or eight teams that could could make it. I mean there's only five points separating Willem Twain fourth to, to Groningen in, in tenth and you'd have to say that any of them can make the playoff spot and then you look below that if Sparta or Twente get in a good run of form then they could also come into the equation. It's, it's good for the league that Ajax have probably wrapped up the title and that's probably over. Then you've got AZ battling PSV for probably second and third. But below that, you know, it's a free-for-all for these four European playoff spots and it makes the league even more exciting each week because you just don't know which way it's going to go. Um, everybody can beat everybody and it's, it's good to see. But you know, there's, there's teams that are getting better. I think Herenveen have made some good signings and you know, Ed Juke, the, the winger, he's, he's very good. Odd guard up front. And they've got Mitchell van Bergen as well, on the, a Dutch youngster who wasn't really given his chance of a test, but since he's moved to Heronvain, looks like a big, big talent. And yeah, I think um, going towards the end of the season, I think that these teams are going to keep beating each other and it's going to be a race to the wire to finish in the top seven. Agreed on that front. Uh, there's going to be that whole chunk of teams just going up and down the table throughout the season I think um, you can see that probably as low down as 10th or 12th uh, on the point of, of Willem Tue yeah I think that Nunley's coming along brilliantly since he's been given that regular Eredivisie playing time so often with Dutch youngsters they may not make it at the top 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 clubs 
that they can really forge um, a fantastic career with a mid-table Eredivisie club and then, then look for a move higher up or abroad. Nunley's an example of that, who I think is doing exceptionally well. Uh, the permanent signing of Pavlidis as well has really helped them along. Um, he was an attacking midfielder, and what's nice is that he's now become a bit more of a target man striker, and he's still scoring plenty of goals as well as helping with the build-up play. Um, but also with the uh, Hedekles Almelo, I, I gave him a hard time at the start of the season, thinking they're going to be down the bottom again um, in trouble. But no, that they've excelled and given Cyril Dessa's regular playing time, which he didn't have at Utrecht, and he's just been revitalised. He's the Eredivisie's top goal scorer for a reason, because he's just been relied upon to score goals. And there's loads of nice t- attacking midfielders playing in th- in those surprise teams that we've had they've just come along and, and excelled massively and I think the the biggest team that's thrived out of this uh, topsy-turvy Eredivisie table is Arzad Alkmaar and aren't they now really contenders to finish second in the table that that would be massive for that club Champions League qualifying position if PSV continue to stutter and Arzad continue to go from strength to strength and keep their best players fit they're real contenders for second place Oh, definitely. I think that, for me, they're the favourites to finish in second at the moment. I think the worry for Arnie Slot is he's got a great starting 11. And that starting 11 is, is on par with anyone in the league, and it can beat anyone in the league, maybe bar Ajax. Um, but if, as soon as they lose somebody, you know, who's there to, to fill in? We've seen it with Hatsidiakos. He's now out for the rest of the season. That's the centre-back. Ron Barr's not fit. So that means that they're probably going to have to slot somebody like Coop Miners in a centre-back position and you know, the whole team dynamic sort of shifts. Um, I didn't really like Coop Miners playing in the, the defence last season and the start of this one. I like him in midfield, controlling the game. I think that if AZ get to January, clear of PSV, make a couple of signings, then yeah, they're for me, they're definitely the favourite for um, the second place because I think that what are doing things, they're not interested in moving to anyone else in their division. I think they'll cost too much anyway. AZ are comfortably financially. Um, so there's no reason to sell any of the top players at the moment. So I can't see them leaving for the end of the season. They're through in the Europa League. And if they can strengthen in some of the key areas in January, then there's no reason why they, they can't easily finish above PSV Eindhoven because Bordeaux, Stengs, Idrissi, it's, for me, the one attack in the Eredivisie makes me most excited because it's so dynamic and, and fluid and they're all three youngsters um, to them who I really want, hope have a big future in the Dutch national team I love watching them every week but behind that you've got Coop Miners an excellent midfielder who should be in the Dutch national team as well and then at the back you've got like Sevindal who's another option for Ronald Koeman and Bizot defensively they're so strong going forward they're so strong um, yeah, and I think a couple of new recruits in January and they, they finish above PSV this season. I think they're going to um, be pressing Ajax in, in this upcoming match they have against them. They've proven as a team that they can beat now teams in that uh, top echelon of the Eredivisie um, because there was a time where, under John van der Brom at least, they, they couldn't beat any of these top teams and now Arne Slot's taken the reins. Yeah, they, they've become a team that can beat almost anyone um, uh, and I think a lot of Dutch football fans will be uh, excited to watch Arze play against Manchester United 
at Old Trafford in the Europa League. It's coming up and the match really is a dead rubber match. But it's a chance to see the best Dutch talents against um, an English giant. So I think there'll be a lot of eyes on that in that game. Um, unfortunately, though, despite all of this positivity with Ajax and RZ in, in Europe, bad news for PSV. Knocked out of the Europa League. Uh, it's, the, the season's going off the rails, isn't it? Let's face it. And uh, do you not think that Mark Van Bommel's on borrowed time? Or is he one of those where PSV have a trust in him and are going to keep him to the end of the season? Because I think they've been awful. Really, really bad. And you can't just keep saying that Marlon and Berkvine are going to come to the rescue. Yeah, I think that under Van Bommel, it's gone stale. I think you saw it's the same sort of reason why Slutsky's resigned at Vitesse because he realised he can't turn this around anymore because the players aren't reacting to him and the results are going the wrong way. And I think you see that at PSV as well. Van Bommel had an excuse that Malin and Bergwijn were both out. But now they're back and against Sporting Lisbon, or Sporting Club de Portugal, sorry, they looked awful again and you can't just rely on two players to make a team defensively they're hopeless um, bringing Schwab back in a, when he was away on a free agent something's happened to him over the summer because he looks hopeless Baumgartel was a, a big big signing and he's not done anything positive Dumfries is a lot um, liability a right back and they've made him captain so and a left back they're playing a midfielder because they signed two in the summer but neither of them are good enough um, so for me, yeah, Van Bommel's on borrowed time. He can't organise defence. The field's hopeless. And unless the attack do the job for them, then they don't get results. He probably does have the trust of the, the board at the moment. But, you know, they didn't win the title last year. They were trophyless. They missed out in the Champions League. They're out of Europe this season. They're way out of the title race. And the best he can hope for is a Dutch Cup win. And missing out on Champions League football would be horrific. And at the moment, AZ are by far the favourites for that position. So if they don't change it, you're looking at PSV potentially not even finishing third. They're only one point ahead of Valentoy at the moment. So there's no reason why you'd say that they're definitely nailed on to finish third. A change of manager now, heading into the winter break, and then maybe adding a couple of players in problem areas might revitalise them for the second half of the season. Because right now, doesn't seem like Van Bommel can do anything right. He won the last game against Herenveen, but that was 2-1 and they were very lucky. I mean, Unerstal had to make some big saves towards the end. Yeah, I can't see the season being any better for PSV unless they make a change managerially because I think that Van Bommel has just lost the dressing room and he doesn't really have any new ideas at the moment. Okay, um, a couple of Twitter questions. Can um, Final beat Porto? No, not for me. Um, I think this group was so tight um, going into it and final have blown their chance of getting through because they've drawn the two home games, the two games that they should have won. I think that they started really well against Rangers on Thursday um, they scored the goal to go ahead but as soon as Rangers equalised they, they fell apart. They got a good equaliser but even after the equaliser at 2-2 you know, there was no real chances to win the game and you saw that against young boys as well, they took the lead but they just can't hold on to it. I can't see them going away to Porto. You also need to win to, to stay in there and, and get a result. And even if you do do that, they're relying on a result in the other game as well. So, yeah, for me, PSV and Feyenoord are both going to go out of Europe. And uh, another question. Do you think Noah Long will start against uh, Valencia? 
uh, I think that Ajax have got no choice really, have they? Uh, no, um, they don't because you know Labiad's out for for a while, Neres is out for a while, um, even Promise picked up a knock today, so we'll need to see what a result of that is and why wouldn't you start him after he's got a hat trick today? He looks ready. Um, you'd say for Ajax, he's actually a late bloomer because he's coming through right now at 20 years old. You know that's that's quite late for Ajax, but um, he looks ready for it. He's scoring goals. He scored plenty of goals for young Ajax this season as well. And given a chance, he saw what he could do today. So, yeah, for me, why not start him? Um, it's a big game. You need to at least get a draw to make sure they replace because I think Chelsea beat um, Wheel in the other game. So, and Valencia are a difficult side. I mean, Ajax swept on a side in Spain. I think that this will be a more nerdy occasion because basically it's you know, one game to get through. They need at least a draw. Um, I mean, you saw what happened to AZ in midweek. They needed just a draw against Partizan Belgrade. They were heavy favourites going into that game, and there was only a ninety-third minute equaliser with ten men that got them through. So it's, you know, these European nights can be can go either way. So um, for me, I, I would definitely start him. I think he's he's proved himself today, and I'm just very hopeful that Ajax get through that game. I'm going to hold my judgment and no longer at the moment because I think he's a good player, and a hat trick definitely looks good on your debut. Well, sorry, your, your first start, shall I say? in the Eredivisie. Um, but yeah, I think I need to be persuaded a bit more on him yet because there's a reason maybe why he had to wait until he was 20 for that first start. Ajax are a good team, but they, they do normally give chances to the best in their academy. But let, let's see what happens in future. And, and Valencia is definitely a, a strong opponent to prove yourself against. Uh, finally, Mike, there was something I was thinking about with said because they're having such a good season and have always fantastic players. But of course, as is the nature of the Eredivisie, they're just going to lose them all in the summer, aren't they? And then what happens after that? They're going to accrue a lot of money from player sales and also the, the Europa League one. They've already got uh, about €6 million Euros from that. Is any of this going to be spent or are they just going to fall back down the table again and that's it for them as a club? Or do you think maybe they're going to start feeling ambitious and they can become a permanent fixture of the top three, four clubs in the Netherlands? I hope so. Um, I hope to to use the money well. Um, you know, you're looking at if they hold out, you know, Stengs and Bordeaux could both be record sales for them. Um, they could easily fetch some 30, 30 million each. And if you look at Adrissi as well, he's he's a player that could go for upwards of 10, 15 million and same for Coop Miners. I mean, this is a lot of money for a couple of AZ Alkmaar and well, we've seen it before. They sold Janssen for a lot of money. They sold Yahamba Cash for a lot of money, but they didn't really spend it. But I think that they're such a well-run club now um, under the director, Max Huberts, that if you do get, say, 60, 70 million in the summer, I trust them to, to reinvest it well. They're going to need to sign some players, but they've also got one of the best academies in the Netherlands, and there's some young talents coming through there at the moment that can easily come into the side, you know, Kenzo Goodmine, one of the brightest young attacking midfielders in the Netherlands, could get his chance next season, say if it was quite a lot of players, but go look at the signings that they have made over the past couple of summers. And Danny DeVitt looks like a great signing so far. And these are players that are picking up from likes of Ajax and that aren't maybe getting a chance in the first team and I think that's the way that we need to go forward and maybe picking up a few more from abroad for a cheap Cheap deals. I mean, I was pushing for them to bring back 
Vincent Janssen in the summer and I'm glad they didn't because Bordeaux has been a sensation. Um, as you said, you're probably hoping now to become a permanent the top four club in the Netherlands. You know, you, you say the traditional big three because it is usually Ajax, PSV and Feyenoord. But AZ have everything at their disposal to break into that and become a top four. Um, they've got a good stadium that's getting rebuilt obviously because Ruth went off, they've got a great academy, they're well run, they're, they're, not, they're financially stable and they're going to get a lot of money in the summer. There's no reason why they can't spend 35 million bringing in clubs, especially if they have the added bonus of reaching the Champions League. And who's to say that if they do reach the Champions League, they can't persuade Bordeaux, Stengs, two minors of Bindal to stay for another year. Now Bordeaux is only 18, Stengs is in his 20s. If the clubs that are coming in for them in the summer aren't huge or they're just like the Ajax and PSVs, why, why leave? Um, so yeah, I hope that if AZ do finish second to get Champions League, they can persuade some of these talents to stay and invest some money in their squad because I think that there's a few areas in the pitch that could be strengthened, um, especially in the centre-back position, and they could spend some money and who knows if they do that, they could even potentially challenge Ajax next year. That should be what they uh, are aiming for, to challenge Ajax and next season if they can either keep players or buy good players. Um, I don't think you're going to start seeing them pe paying loads of money for players at 25, 26 um, on high salaries. Uh, but certainly a, a shift to keep in that maybe Abouadou, because he's, yeah, as you say, he's so young. He doesn't want to be moving to... Um, say Valencia and sitting on their bench he wants to move to a team that's going to play him every week and that's hard when you're that age you don't want to go into a top top league where they're just not going to play you because they think that you're too young and that's where saying that RZ is actually a very good decision especially if they can finish second in the Champions League or you know just qualifying for the Europa League group stage that's massive um, and that should be what they're, they're aiming to do uh, yeah with someone like Stengs I think he's going to attract a big fee from a big club especially if he's chosen for the Netherlands squad um, in the summer. I think he'll be gone. Uh, but let's see who, who they keep, and let's see if they can keep up this great form as well, because at the moment they're on an upward spiral, and they seem to be getting better and better and better, and, and less and less likely to slip up against um, a lesser opponent. Although, yeah, we did see against Partizan Belgrade, they nearly let that one slip. Um, so they're not the complete outfit yet. But by the end of the season, they could be a, a bit of a machine and that's one that's winning their game after game that will help them finish second. Mike, thank you very much for joining me on, on this Football Only podcast and we look forward to recording another one soon. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and great news that we can also bask in of the Netherlands' Euro 2020 draw. Klaassen, goal!